Genesis chapter 41, if you would please this morning. Genesis chapter 41. <clears throat> I uh, honestly, as 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 they were singing um, just a minute ago, I had no idea they were going to sing that song. But <clears throat> I thought, how very appropriate for this morning's message. I, I I honestly, if I could have picked a song, you I couldn't have picked a more perfect song. Because chapter 41 of the book of Genesis is a turning point in the life of Joseph. Joseph had endured many, many years of ups and downs and difficult situations and disappointments and just one thing right after another. And chapter 41 is a turning point in, in the life of this young man. Uh, I say young man, um, you know, anybody younger than me is a young man, right? Isn't that how it works? Uh, <laughs> and anybody older than me is an old man, right? Um, <laughs> In chapter 46, we, we find that Joseph, or, or, or excuse me, chapter 41 in verse 46, <clears throat> let's, re- let's read uh, chapter 41, verse 46, if you would, please. <clears throat> we, it, it gives us Joseph's age. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before, before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So we know that the events of chapter 41, Joseph was 30 years old. So uh, for all intents and purposes, he was a, still a young man. Uh, he had endured many, many uh, difficulties and disappointments and lonely nights. Um, and in chapter 41, God literally, in, in a, just a moment, in a, in a blink of an eye almost, turns Joseph's world upside down. As I was studying, I read uh, in one of the commentaries that I was reading, uh, Warren, Warren Wearsby wrote this, If any chapter in Genesis reveals the sovereignty of God, it is this one. And I, 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 I wrote myself a little side note. I said, you know, and this is, this is, this is what I wrote to myself after, after, after some, some study. I said, um, <clears throat> when we are patient and let God's timeline play out in our lives, we too will see the sovereignty of God. See, we miss the sovereignty of God when we infuse our timelines into our lives. But when we let God have his way in our lives, we can see the sovereignty of God all over our lives. In Genesis chapter 41, let's start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by a river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and fatted uh, and f- fat, uh, fat-fleshed, and they fed in, in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them, 
out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, uh, and stood by the other, the other kind, upon the brink of the river. And the ill-fleshed, uh, the ill-favored, uh, uh, and lean-fleshed kind did eat the seven well-favored and fat kind. Uh, fat kind. Oh, tongue twisting here. Uh, so Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed a second dream, and behold. Seven ears of corn uh, came up upon this one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh uh, awoke and behold, uh, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning <clears throat> that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my fault this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servant and put me inward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief butler. And we dreamed a dream one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, an Hebrew servant of the captain of the guard. And he too, excuse me, and he told him, excuse me, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream. He did interpret, and it came to pass as he interpreted to us. So it was <clears throat> me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in, in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered <clears throat> Pharaoh, saying, it is, not, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the peace that you bring into our lives. And Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, we ask that you would do a work in our lives, that you would help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I agree with Warren Wiersbe that <clears throat> chapter 41 absolutely reveals the sovereignty of God. As I, as I have studied this passage, I, I came to the conclusion in my thinking that this chapter is not about the dreams that, that, that the Pharaoh dreamed. Although, obviously, the content is the dreams of Pharaoh. 
this, this, this chapter is not about Pharaoh. It's not even about Joseph. This chapter is about the sovereignty of God and how the sovereignty of God works among God's people. And so often, so often, we get discouraged and we lose focus of what God's doing in our lives. So my hope and my prayer this morning is that as we look at this chapter, that we will, that it will help us see the fact that God is alive and well and working in the affairs of men. The sovereignty of God. The word sovereign there just means supreme power. And the fact that God can control what he wants to control. I have, a, I have the, the next slide for you in our, in our timeline. <clears throat> Here we see the next, the next event in the timeline is the sovereignty of God <clears throat> revealed. The sovereignty of God, God reveals the fact that he is in control of the situation. Now, as discouraged as Joseph may have gotten in his life through all of the ups and downs that he has experienced in his 30 years of life on earth at this point, he never lost focus that God was in control. And if we live in a world today that is constantly being inundated with craziness, are we not? We can never lose focus that God is in control. The title of my message simply is The Sovereignty of God. The Sovereignty of God. It had been two years from the time the butler was released from prison to the time Pharaoh had his dream. Joseph patiently waited and trusted on God. For two years. But before I really get into the message, I, I read something that I wanted to share with you because it, it, helped, it helped me put a lot of this into context. So I want to share with you something I read. A guy named uh, John Phillips, he's a, another commentator, but he's also a historian, uh, wrote, some, wrote something that I think puts a lot of this into context so that we can better understand <clears throat> Can you go back to the timeline, Chris? <clears throat> Thank you. So that we can better understand from the sovereignty of God backwards what Joseph had to go through to get to this point in his life. Okay? This is what he wrote. John, um, uh, I, um, the man next to the king uh, in Egypt it was the grand vizier. Visser, excuse me. Um, nowadays, we would call him the prime minister. <clears throat> Egyptian tombs tell us much about the office. The Grand Visser uh, is, is shown, for instance, receiving envoys and vice regents from faraway lands. His chief function was to uphold the, uh, the strong, centralized, uh, authoritarian power of the throne uh, his task included keeping local 
um, princelings uh, in check, their, their wings properly qu- uh, clipped, so to speak, uh, that they might not uh, be, uh, uh, become too powerful and threaten the Pharaoh. Uh, he was responsible for uh, appointments uh, of inspectors charged with keeping eye on local governments, uh, uh, excuse me, local governors. Uh, from time to time, his duties would uh, in, uh, uh, force him to travel to various parts of Egypt. The, the tomb pictures indicate uh, he received homage from local officials who uh, would show uh, pictures of them uh, prostate before him. Uh, uh, scribes <clears throat> could be seen recording his decisions. Uh, he was in charge of um, uh, monitoring the water flow on the Nile, uh, 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 managing the the dikes and the and the uh, the dams and so on and so forth. Uh, all that was part of his job. Uh, I'm going to skip through some of this. It's kind of wordy. Uh, he was shown traveling in in pomp, uh, and uh, uh, his his um, uh, he was always surrounded by guards. Um, he was uh, uh, always seen in a golden chariot, and his house was a mansion, and his life was a life of op- opulence and power. <clears throat> now, I, want, I, want, I wanted to read this because it's important, because where did Joseph start? He was just a shepherd boy. But God had to get him to be prime minister of Egypt. And you don't just one day wake up and think, hey, you know what? I'm going to be able to do that. He, he, needed, to be able, he needed to be able to function in the position of prime minister. Joseph, he, uh, <clears throat> he goes on. He says, Joseph passed some very stiff tests and graduated with flying colors, having won honor in every difficult trial that he was to come, come against. And now the moment has come when he was to pull, to be pulled from prison, hastily shaved, made presentable, and thrust before Pharaoh, and then prompted to be the lofty post of the Grand Visser of Egypt, all in the span of an hour. He goes on, he makes a point here, and I, I had never thought this. He said, Little did Joseph dream that morning when he woke up and he grabbed the keys of the cells and began his daily uh, tedious rounds in the prison that the suffering was over and the glories were about to begin. But see, Joseph woke up that morning like every other morning. And little did he know that God was going to turn his world upside down. The sovereignty of God. The years that he spent serving God. The years that he spent knowing that God was in control. Not having a clue what God was doing. But knowing that God was in control. And trusting that God was in control. Was about to pay off. My first point this morning 
is God gave Pharaoh two dreams. God gave Pharaoh two dreams. <clears throat> For time's sake this morning, I, I'm not going to read the first eight verses again, but I want you to let your eyes scan the first eight verses. And I, I want you to look for a word that, that is repeated several times in these, in these uh, first seven verses. Just I'll, I'll give you a second to look, kind of scan that and see if you can pick up on it. It's kind of a strange word, and we don't always... We don't, we don't use this word in our uh, vernacular today, but there's a word that appears six times that is meaningful. Anybody see it? Behold. The word behold. <clears throat> six times. And, and let, let, me, let me help you with your Bible study. As you, as you read the Bible and, you, and you, you see words like this repeated over and over, you have to stop and ask yourself, why is that word there? Because the Bible will oftentimes use repetition for emphasis. So the word behold here, the emphasis that um, God is trying to communicate here is that the, the, the word behold is like pay attention or, or listen to me. And The emphasis here, I believe that what it is, is that God is trying to get us to understand that the, <coughs> the dreams that Pharaoh had were vivid and real to him. Behold! And, and how, how many of you have ever dreamed a dream when you woke up, you're like, whoa, I'm glad that was a dream. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> how many of you have ever dreamed a dream and then the minute you woke up, you're like, man, could I please go back there? Yeah, you know. <clears throat> and how many of you have dreamed a dream and the minute you wake up, you think, what was that? I can't even remember. Okay. <clears throat> well, I wanted to give you an example of one of those kind of dreams. And uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel chapter two, this this guy Nebuchadnezzar, I, I, I he 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 will be in heaven. I believe. I believe that before he died, he came to know to know God. I believe that with all my heart. But before he was what we would call saved, he was quite a character. Yeah, he was something else. But uh, in Daniel chapter two, verses three through five, it says, "And the king, being Nebuchadnezzar." Uh, said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans um, to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we shall, uh, and we will show the interpretation. And the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me, and if ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof. Ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses <clears throat> shall be made dunghills. This guy was serious. And he, was, he literally was about to do that when Daniel comes on the scene and says, oh, by the way, I can not only tell the, the interpretation, but I know what the dream was. 
God has revealed it to me. Back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh here uh, dreamed, his, his dreams perplexed him and, and troubled him. But he, he remembered them. And he calls all his, his magicians. The word magician here means sorcerer, sorcerer or, or what we would call fortune teller. And so Pharaoh calls the, all of his fortune tellers and sorcerers together, and none of them could interpret the dream. And I find, I find that to be very interesting because that's what they did. But none of them knew the dream, the interpretation of the dream. And I personally believe, and I, I, I just cannot think of another reason, but I think it was God intervening to allow Joseph to come in and give the interpretation. So not only did God give Pharaoh the dream, but I believe that he also prohibited the sorcerers from knowing the answer. So here you have Joseph or God giving Pharaoh these two dreams. Now, point number two. God reminds the butler about Joseph. Go back, if you would, to chapter 40, <clears throat> verse 14. When Joseph interprets the butler's dream, he says, But think on me when, uh, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention unto, uh, of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. And then back to <clears throat> chapter 41. We'll be there in a second. So I, as I... As I as I was thinking about this uh, in chapter 41, <clears throat> where uh, the, the butler goes to Pharaoh and says, oh, by the way, I know a guy. I forgot, but I know a guy. It caused me, as I was thinking about that, I thought, wait a minute. So I went back and I read chapter 40, or chapter 40 and verse 14, and, and the, the wording here is really kind of weird to me. Joseph says to the butler, hey, when you get out of here and you, and you feel like it, <clears throat> and you get a chance, say something to Pharaoh. Now, I put myself in that position. And I thought, you know what? The butler had to have connections. Okay, I mean, he was, he was the, what, what is also known as the cupbearer to the king. So anytime the king ate anything or did anything, the butler was involved in it. So all the high government officials, the butler would have known and probably would have had relationships with them. But Joseph never says to the butler, hey, when you get out, can you pull some strings for me? He never says that. He says, can you, can you talk to Pharaoh? I don't know the significance of it, but I just found that to be interesting. Joseph wanted him to go to Pharaoh. 
in chapter 41, <clears throat> verse 9, we see the butler going to Pharaoh and saying, Look, I forgot. There was a guy in prison. When you, when you threw me and the baker in prison, there was a guy in prison. We, the baker and I both had dreams. And th this guy in prison, he's a Hebrew. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a slave uh, in prison with us but he interpreted the dream and, ex and and the exact thing he said would happen happened i got let go and i came back to work and the baker got his head cut off that's exactly what happened and that's exactly what he said would happen i believe that the butler did not forget on his own. I think, I believe, that God helped him forget. I wish I could say that. I'm going to start trying that with my wife, see how well that goes. I don't think that's going to go well. Um, <clears throat> but I, I do, I believe it, because... God brought it to his memory at that moment for that reason. And he tells him, he says, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot. He tells him about Joseph's abilities and he identifies him as three things. He identifies him as a Hebrew, as a servant, and as a prisoner. Now, why is that so important? Because... This guy is about to go before Pharaoh. Now, do you think that that would be a common appearance? I don't. I don't believe that, that it was a common event that a Hebrew, a servant, uh, and, a, and a prisoner just kind of just pops in and says, Hey, Pharaoh, how you doing? I don't believe that that was a normal event. Point number three. <clears throat> God led Pharaoh to summon Joseph. Verses 14 to 16, we see that Pharaoh sent, as soon as the butler said, hey, this guy, this guy nailed it. When I had a dream, he, he was dead on the money. Pharaoh says, go get him. Pharaoh wanted to know the answer to the dream because his, his spirit was troubled. Earlier I said that this chapter is a chapter that God used to turn Joseph's life upside down. Warren Wiersbe said that this, uh, if, if any chapter in Genesis revealed the sovereignty of God, it was this one. And as I thought about the fact that Pharaoh summon Joseph. I, th I thought of Proverbs chapter 21 in verse 1. It says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as a river of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. I see three events that clearly show the sovereignty of God. God gave Pharaoh those dreams. God reminded the butler about Joseph. And God 
led Pharaoh to summon Joseph. After 12 years of being in prison, Joseph's life was being turned upside down and he didn't even know it. In the span of probably about an hour, Joseph went from the prison to the palace. As I thought about this event and everything that took place, I thought of a lady in the Old Testament. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard of her. But she too came to a crossroads and she had to make a decision in her life. Whether she was going to choose the fear of death or the faithfulness to God. She was at that crossroad and she she was either going to die or be faithful to God. Many of you probably already have guessed who I'm talking about. Her name is Esther. In Esther chapter 4, verse 14, says, <clears throat> For if thou altogether holdest thy peace. Okay, let me, let me stop right here. The person speaking here is her uncle Mordecai. So Mordecai tells Esther, he says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And as I thought about this, you know, I love this. I love the story of Esther. Esther is an incredible story. If you've never read it, you need to read it. God dedicated an entire book to, to this very faithful lady. But at the very, we, we tend to focus on the, on the last half of this verse, uh, 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 um, this phrase right here, in fact, uh, uh, and, whom knoweth, uh, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. But we fail to look at the first part of this verse. And he says, <clears throat> If thou uh, altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. God is going to deliver the Jews whether you are faithful or not. God is going to deliver the Jews. Are you going to be faithful or are you going to fear death? She chooses to be faithful and she... She does save the nation of Israel. And, and it's like I said, it's an incredible story. But like Joseph, her decision impacts an entire nation. And Joseph <clears throat> makes decisions his entire life. The 30 years of, of his life thus far, he makes decisions that God uses over and over and over. God led Pharaoh to summon Joseph, a Hebrew, a servant, and a prisoner. That to me is an incredible thought. In closing, I want to I give you three things <clears throat> that Joseph did not do. 
Okay? <clears throat> you know, sometimes <clears throat> we can learn from what people do, and sometimes we can learn from what people do not do. In this case, I hope that we can learn three things that Joseph did not do. <clears throat> the first thing he did not do is he didn't get petty. Think about it. Can you can you just picture this? And this this is my wild imagination. I do not know who left the palace and went to the prison to get Joseph. I don't know if it was a bunch of armed guards. But I kind of picture it was the butler. And I can just picture the butler coming to the prison and 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 going up to Joseph and saying, uh, uh, Joseph, you remember me? Um, like, dude, I need a favor. What would we do? We would probably say, I don't even want to look at you. I mean, because you were supposed to help me, man. And you, you left me here for two years. Joseph didn't get petty. I read a story recently of a church congregation in Dallas, Texas that went through a very nasty church split. <clears throat> and one side of the church, I, I don't mean this side, I'm just, okay, I, I shouldn't have done that. Um, one side of the church, <clears throat> anyway, one side of the church started uh, sued the other side of the church to determine who legally owned church, the, the church property. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, don't ask me the outcome because I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look it up. Later, <coughs> later, a journalist started digging into the events that took place at the church. And the journalist found out that the source of all of this trouble within the church began at a church dinner where one of the elder members of the church was served his food, but he got a smaller portion than the person in front of him. Can you imagine that? All the way to the Supreme Court, because you got more mashed potatoes than I did. I, I, I read the story, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But it's true. And 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 we 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 hear this and we and we you know I'm I'm like you I was just blown away. But the reality is this. We we are masters at being petty, are we not? (laughs) 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Again, my imagination. I just see the butler showing up and Joseph standing there with the keys to the prison in his hand and he's he's like, hi Joseph, you remember me? And Joseph hugging him on the neck, saying, how you doing, man? I've been, I've been praying for you. I just see that. That's the kind of person I see Joseph being. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The second thing that he did not do is he didn't get arrogant. In both cases, in chapter 40 and in 41, when he is interpreting, well, look at chapter 41 and verse 16. And uh, uh, or, uh, in verse 15, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have <clears throat> heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph said, Dude, I am your man. Is that what he says? No. No, it's from God, it's not from me. Joseph did not get arrogant. Pride and arrogance says, look at me. Humility says, look at God. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 3, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Who was the one that is deceived? Ourselves. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. We must always give glory to God in everything in our lives. Everything. Everything good comes from him. Everything. James chapter 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I I love this verse because of this phrase. Every good gift and every what? Perfect gift. Does that mean that every gift has to be a good gift? The word perfect can include Something hard, could it not? Every perfect gift comes from him. The third thing, very quickly, and we'll be done. The third thing that he did not do is he did not take advantage of the situation. We are conditioned to ask the question, what's in it for me? Are we not? Joseph didn't do that. He didn't say, hey, yeah, okay, um, Pharaoh, I'll give you the interpretation if you set me free. There was no conditional clause. 
There was no conditional, hey, not only, you know, I, I think it'd be worth a few bucks too, because that's a long way back to, to Canaan. I gotta get I gotta get home, you know. You know, there there was nothing. He did not take advantage of the situation. Galatians chapter five and verse thirteen and fourteen. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. At the beginning, I I told you the the, the thing, the, the takeaway that I want for everybody in this room this morning is this. God is still on the throne and he's still in control. The sovereignty of God is not is not any weaker today than it was in the day of Joseph. All we have to do is allow him to work in our lives. And if he if we will allow him to work in our, our lives, he can do great things in our lives. The sovereignty of God. That is what chapter 41 is all about. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. And Lord, thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I I do ask that you would would meet with us this morning as we close our service and that you would speak to our hearts. Because we, it is so easy for us to become skeptics. It is so easy for us to lose our focus and put our focus on the things of this world instead of the fact that you are in control of the things of this world. But we don't understand what's going on in our world today. We don't. But we know that the heart of the king is in your hand. And Lord, you have your way. Help us, dear God, to be willing to serve. We love you and we thank you. With every head bowed.